And now, WTMJ presents The Tripod, a sports and pop culture podcast with Justin Garcia, Scott Warris, and producer Ashton. A 16th seed finally beats a one. Kyle Keller loses his mind. Glenn Big Baby Davis maybe finds a new job. So, uh, NCAA tournament time. Not too shabby so far for the first weekend. Scott, what do you think about the upsets that have happened so far? I think it... Uh, what, do you want to interrupt me already? <laughs> should, I don't want to tell anyone who I am. Are you, you kidding should me? probably introduce yourself. All right, fine. You I, go first. Well... I was just going to knock them all out of the way. <laughs> all right, well, you know. He's Ashton Rotman, Scott Warris, Justin Garcia. Hi. Now, you were saying about the, the tournament. Uh, I'm very intrigued with uh, Scott's thoughts on, you know, upsets. And I know how Justin feels about making a... Uh, well, these were co-thoughts. Well, you and I have talked in the past about not having underdogs, like, late, late, late in the tournament. How, like, sort of ruins it sometimes. Because, God forbid, we have independent thought here. They're all co-thoughts. It makes all it right. sound like it's just your idea. I'm No, I'm just, th- this was my impression of the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. All right? You had a 16, as we, we can talk about more, a 13, two 11s, two 13s, two, two 11s, a 10, and three 9s. Those were your lower-seeded upsets, okay? So there were nine lower seeds that won in the first weekend, in the first Weekend of the of, of the tournament. Let's throw out the nines. The eight nine, it, it it it's not an upset in my book. It may be technically, but not when I consider. So you had six lower seeded teams of the thirty two possible six of thirty two win. I thought that made for a perfect balance to my first weekend to my first round the first round of the NCAA tournament. I like it, and tell me if you disagree. I like it. When you get your big dogs, for the most part, advancing to the second round, advancing to the Sweet 16 or beyond. Mm-hmm. Because I want good basketball once you get to the second round, and certainly once you get to the second weekend, the Sweet 16 and beyond. That said, on my Thursday, on my Friday, I enjoy the Buffaloes. I enjoy the Loyola Chicagos. Certainly you love the UMBC stories. And because of that, I think that this weekend, this opening weekend, provided in a lot of ways, the perfect balance for my NCAA tournament watching pleasure. My big dogs advanced. Sorry, Virginia, we can get into that. While you had some great Cinderella stories like Loyola Chicago, like UMBC, Buffalo, and whatnot. Agree, disagree? I I agree, and I would say, would you agree that all the lower seeds that had won, those games were entertaining, and it wasn't just like, oh, they they won, that's nice, good for them. They were entertaining? Yes, you, aside from you know Arizona, no. Do you know what was the <laughs> I mean, least was, entertaining? Was Virginia, the entertainment with Virginia was that a 16 seed is going to win. But, the game was bad, but the Virginia, the Arizona lot, those were not entertaining games. Uh, I didn't, I have, didn't catch any of the Arizona game. I was just you know angrily texting Justin about it because I know he wasn't uh, super thrilled. But like the the UMBC game, I enjoyed that. I hate watching Virginia play basketball, so I enjoyed watching them lose by 20 to a team that had no business being really in the game with them. Well, I think the best part about it is, so that's South region. Mm-hmm. One is gone, three is gone, four is gone. But who were those teams? Virginia, Tennessee, Arizona is probably the biggest name value of that. You still have Kentucky alive in that. So to that point of, I don't want to get to the Elite Eight and Final Four and have Loyola Chicago in it yet. I mean, good. Win one game, win two games, I'm fine with that. But once I get to the Elite Eight, I want the Dukes and the Kentuckys and Kansas and Arizona, those type of teams. You still have Kentucky left from that region, and all the other big dogs are left from the other three. This was the one that we thought was the most difficult, Mm -hmm. and now it's a cakewalk for Kentucky. Yeah. The Virginia loss. It is, I know, obviously, a 16 over a 1 is the biggest upset in the history of college basketball. So help me with something. Tell me why I did not feel it. It didn't feel like I was watching the greatest upset in the history of college basketball. Now, I guess a couple of reasons. Is that because it was a blowout because Virginia got boat raced? Would I have felt that way if there was a buzzer beater, a half court heave, something more dramatic at the end? Would it have been more 
holy crap, what just happened? This is the greatest upset ever. Does it have anything to do with that? Does it have something to do with the fact that Virginia, albeit the overall number one, I think of all the number ones, eh, maybe Xavier, but because of how Virginia plays, left themselves open to the potential of being upset early on, albeit maybe not to a 16? Tell me why I feel this way. It's because it was Virginia. If it was Kentucky. What does that mean? Well, think of, well, think of what has Virginia Duke, done in the last three years? Well, if Duke loses to a 16 seed, it's a huge deal. If Kentucky does, if Kansas does, Virginia had, what, was it the best season in ACC history that they had this year? Mm-hmm. One loss. I, yeah, they had a terrific season, but they've had a nice run of, what, five years now, five seasons or so. It's been a good team, but the elite level the last few years, I think that's what diminishes it. So it's the name, the pedigree. They just don't, in my mind, I think it's the, that simple. It's that simple. It's it's right. If it Duke, Kansas, UNC, if any of the big like blue blood blue blood schools loses mm-hmm. this game, everyone freaks out. Even if it is by the twenty points, Virginia loses. Okay, I forget who who I saw tweeted, but it was one of it might have been our friend Aaron, one of the college basketball guys, um, tweeted out after after Tennessee lost too of the one thing I tell everyone every tournament. Do not pick teams that can only win playing their style to go deep. Because all it takes is what we saw from Maryland-Baltimore County. You take a team that can figure out a way to beat that, you're done in a game or two. I, I think uh, it might have been Kenny the Jet Smith that said that after oh, that game. I'm serious. He may have said that. It's, I believe it was a studio analyst stop said, it. if you're not willing to adapt your style, you're never going to win. He stole it from the guy that I'm just saying, okay, fine. Well, that's where I heard it from. If you can show me the source tweet, then, you know. What do you mean by adapt your style? Like, so Virginia, how do they Virginia play? Virginia can't they, go up-tempo. They right. can't say, oh, the minute well, they they're tried to go, threes, they're going fast, they're going up-tempo, let's change and do that. Right. What happened when they when they attempted to do that, the kids looked lost out there? Well, when you they, can't they, change. That's who you are uh, no you can't you can make adjustments it doesn't, right, doesn't have to there's be, no adjustment to that system and right there was no there's no ball move. it was all of a sudden it's like well we got to move and then just chuck up shots and they don't have the type of players to do that there, there wasn't a lot of ball movement once they got down early it was just let's chuck but i'm a big believer in guard play and senior leadership that's interesting that's what I, you need because that's what tell I me hear more about most. that are you that's serious everyone say are you, well, no, no. But, okay, I mean, that's what I'm curious about. <laughs> that's what I hear everyone say: is, "Yeah, you need good guard play. You need senior leadership. Oh, I, good coach. You're going to go deep wow. in the term, but but get the guards going. <laughs> you got to have the guards. Those are true. <laughs> that's all true. But it's been proven true for decades and decades. So regurgitating <laughs> it every March is a practice in utility. You need defense. You need too. De- well. Tell that to Tony. Uh, you also need more points than the other team. Just saying. Just wanted to throw this that out. This is why there. you're tuning into this. Well, that's why defense this is comes why in listening. big. Right. Yeah. Let me okay, let me go back to my original question. <laughs> this is the worst version of inside the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even talking NBA. Yeah, that's what makes it really bad. Um so what do you think? Where, where do you guys come down on the philosophy of I like early upsets? Or do you prefer the big dogs making it all the way through? Would you prefer that the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight and, heck, the final, whatever, do you root for upsets early on, as many as you can get? Or where, where do you come down? Remember, I said at the top that this was this was a really nice balance, I thought, of lower seeds with some of your big, you know, the big powers making it deeper, which is what I want to see. It was a good balance. You agree? Disagree? Uh I like upsets early, but I like the upsets that I pick. If I no, get wait, another that, upset, that's a fair thing to say because so, think about brackets. This is why people watch. Oh, oh, so this is what I want to mention too. I know I told you. Apparently, I lied, but I I Jockey. try not to fill out a bracket anymore. Good it's for you. The biggest waste. I ever. did not fill one out this year for the first time. I think I did this year. I didn't realize I did. But I'm I, 15 I, years bracket I sober. Did do you okay. know what happened to me on Thursday? You filled out a bracket. I was 12 and 0 heading into the night session. Uh-oh. I ended up going 15 and 1 on the day. Buffalo? I wanted so badly to have a 16 and 0 day. Of course, and it was the Buffalo. team that I love is the team that robbed me of that. Are you an Arizona guy? No, honestly, I don't know this. Is is this This is new for you? Yeah, I've yeah. known you for gosh, 8 9 he, years. You love Sean Miller. You don't know oh. this? We got to get him on the podcast. Do you want well, to do you want to rant on Sean Miller for a few minutes here? I'm I'm open for it if Scott is. No, I mean it, it's simple. He's going to be fired. They can't come back from that. The whole starting five is leaving. 
They have to start over. You have to bring someone else in. They're going to face some type of sanctions. I think Sean Miller has to end up at Pittsburgh, right? Because Pittsburgh's left with nothing now. I mean, no wins, no coach, no players. Does it matter? That game on Thursday was the biggest embarrassment I've ever seen. For it, it, You know what it reminded me of? And I better not get in trouble saying this. Um, what, 15, 16 years ago, the Bucks, 2002. Mm-hmm. One year removed from going to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bucks were 36, I think, and 26 heading into uh, March. Go on this epic tailspin. Go 8-18, eight and 18, something like that the rest of the way. Finish 41-41. and 41. But that last game of the season against the Pistons in Detroit, they enter that game knowing they win, they're in. They lose, they're out. They're down by 50 at some point, just get drubbed by the Pistons, miss the playoffs one year after going to the Eastern Conference Finals. No effort. Nobody showed up. We saw major changes after that. Big Dog has traded that offseason. Ray Allen's traded, what, eight months later? And the team, as we know it, is never the same. That's what that game reminded me of. Because everybody pointed to Arizona and said the talent is still there. They're out to prove themselves. Sean Miller's been vindicated. This is a team to watch out for. And they did not show. It was an embarrassing effort. That, that Bucks team, as of March 6, uh, 2003, they were 35-25, and 25, and then they finished at 41-41. and 41. Yeah, 6-16. and 16 That's not, not great. My guess is Sean Miller's gone, and it'll be a year oh, I think or, it's gonna be or a two before he resurfaces, mm. whether it's at Pitt or wherever. Is there That's, any real FBI stench to this? Oh, yeah. That's Well, as far as waiting a year versus taking another job versus another school, just no, saying. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Book starts talking and Sean Miller is in trouble there. And then after the FBI gets done doing whatever they're going to do, then the NCAA will step in yeah. because clearly the NCAA is is hands off right now. Let's let the feds do what the feds do and do well, mind you. Because and then we'll step in and levy whatever we have to levy against. I know them. everyone points to to Book Richardson and oh, they go way back. They're such great friends. I mean, it's one thing to be good friends, but when you're cornered by the FBI and it's hey, we'll go light on you if you give us this, he's going to say something. Best part of the post game of the uh, Arizona Buffalo game, your Arizona Wildcats was was uh, Aiton and Trier. Their jerseys are still on, and they're already declaring oh, pro. Yeah. I don't even think they'd gotten to their locker yet. They're walking off the court, and they're yeah, we're done, we're out of here. Does that bug you? It, I mean, I know it doesn't bug me. I'm curious. I I just I'm curious if it bugs you, Scott. That the guys are going pro, or that they declared before they had even hit the showers. That before the season started, we knew they were going pro. No. I, I I am a big fan of uh, you know uh, capitalism. It's worked pretty well for this country, and if un- we talked about this uh, before, if, if these are the rules under which they have to play, no, stop! Don't, you don't have to fool anybody. So, they're, they're not going to go for. I'm four happy. Years. I'm they're happy not going to get this. a degree. Go go to the NBA. I think they should abolish the rule altogether. It's America. Go if you want to go out of high school and go pursue a career in 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 law. If you are a brilliant legal mind at the age of 19, knock yourself out. If you're a great violinist, if you're a great pianist, knock yourself out. As a fan of capitalism, mm-hmm. uh, are you in oh. favor of the draft? I mean, should these kids not? like What happens when you graduate? Should they not just be able to say, I'm going pro, teams can sign them? Those are the rules under which so, okay, so they I, play right now. Because I, I think... I think we're all in agreement as far as the if these are the rules, then you do what the rules say would allow you to do. But right. if they were gone, you wouldn't be that upset. No problem with it. No right. problem. I think we're all in agreement on that. Yeah. And for me, that includes the draft. I it'd be a it'd be a mess. But I think after a couple of years, they'd figure it out. All right, I got another one for you. Before we are, I don't know if you guys have college basketball in your docket here today, but so Kevin Ollie is out at UConn. Were well, you shaking your head already? <laughs> <laughs> You weren't surprised by it. Nobody should be surprised by it. No. The most candid reaction to it was Gina Oriyama, because I love it the other way. Whenever there's a female coach, could this female coach coach this men's team? Well, here's the greatest female women's basketball coach who's a guy. Did you see his response says, I could do it, I would do it, but I'm 63 and I don't want to do it. I thought that was great. I thought that was fresh. I thought that was candid. There's no doubt he'd be successful. 
if he was the best coach available for the position. And let's be honest, at the end of it all, that's all that matters. Next time there's a coaching opening, and altogether now, Becky Hammond's name comes up. Hire her, fine, if she is the best coaching person that you interview. I don't care if she has girl parts or boy parts. If you're a good basketball coach, then come coach my team. Anyway, do you know what I mean? It was really candid. It was great. He said, I'd do it. I, I would do it. I could do it. I just don't want to do it. I'm 63. I'm too old. Um, I'm going to take this in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Would Becky Hammond be more successful at, with, at the NBA level or at the college level? How would we know? I don't know. Would be my response? I think it's at the NBA level. I agree with that. Because. Pop? No. That's my my inclination. I trust people that work with Pop. It's very simple. It is a man versus woman thing. In the NBA, the players know they're in charge anyway. But in college, the coach has to be the one running things. Mm -hmm. NBA players, I think, would be more willing, as sexist as it sounds, to take direction from Becky Hammond than 18-year-old college kids would. They'd be more respectful of right. her in her position than That's why college. all these rumors of, oh, yeah. Becky Hammond going here, could Becky Hammond go to Memphis, anywhere else? Why well, would Penny's she go? Well, why would she go <laughs> yeah, to a college Penny. job? Uh, she just turned down Colorado State, correct? Oh, yeah. Not, wow. I don't know if that was actually real, but well, I think it was. That's her alma mater. No, I think it was, but why would I take that? Plus, if you want to be a head coach. She's got more professional oh, yeah. coaching, professional basketball coaching uh, on her resume than college. I, I so. get being in charge of things, but why would you go to Colorado State instead of just sticking it out with Pop? Who knows? When Pop retires, she could take over for him. If that's what I don't, we get to. I think that's the most likely scenario. In, like, between, in the next five years, I think that's the most likely scenario. But, and Becky Hammond coaching at the college level, I think, would be a disaster. Yeah, I, I don't think you said uh, you don't want to sound sexist. I don't think that's sexist. I think that's just a, it's a fact. Like, well, I'm not being sexist. No, you, I, th- I think she'd work better at the pro level. I know. So you said I'm not sure if this situation would be. It's a sexist yeah. approach, though. I don't think 18-year-old kids are going to take direction from a woman. Here's another question. Could a woman, if she if she is a men's college basketball head coach, could she walk into – a gymnasium in the summer, an AAU camp, whatever the case may be, someone's home and convince that 16, 17-year-old and their parents or their whatever the case may be, their guardians, that I'm the coach for you. There are more dynamics in play. When it comes to recruiting. There. Yeah. At the college level for a female than at the pro level. So I think she'd be more likely, and be, she'd be smart to, yeah, I mean, to the take pros the pro is, Look, I, I know you guys run this thing. You know it. Let's just run this system. I'm your coach. That would work. If you mention Memphis, if it goes to Hardaway, and he when? brings – what's that? When. When. And he brings Larry Brown. On the, why? Why is Larry – Wait, that's for real? He, yeah, that's the thinking because – Penny Hardaway has zero Oh, come college. on. He's coached high school. Well, he coached AAU, right? <laughs> Didn't uh, Colin Sexton yell at him about his kid being terrible in the AAU game one right. year? Yeah. That's right. He'll bring Larry Brown to be his wise Yoda on the bench next year. Oh. This is a report from college basketball, NBC Sports, uh, the pro or the college basketball talk. Wait, mm-hmm. is he still at SMU? No. No. No, he, uh, he's doing nothing right I now. I think he's la- out. Yeah, after last year he was done, right? Yeah, so, Jankovic has been running it down, by, yeah. uh, down at SMU for a couple years now. This is yeah, report from from uh, from CBS. Oh, you didn't know this. College basketball. So does talk. this does this change your opinion of Listen, Penny Hardaway, head I coach of the Memphis stand Tigers? Larry Brown. He is the biggest. Fraud. I don't understand why, why, how yeah. he keeps getting college jobs with all the rules he breaks. How many years did I, I again? This is something I could look up, but I'm not going to do it at the moment. How many off the top of your head, like average years at each job is like what four, three, three to say four, four. He was well, at he SMB. was at Kansas a while, wasn't he? I don't. Five years, maybe? Larry Brown? He wasn't there oh, that no, long. No, 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 What Kansas? school am I thinking of? He won a national title at Kansas. Yeah. But he was, was there all, a while, wasn't he? That was he? like Danny Manning. Yes. Kansas. He was there I, for uh, five seasons. Oh, all right. S- so SMU four seasons, can, UCLA two seasons. Can you call up Larry Brown? Just, Wikip- just roll through, just to put this in perspective for all of us. 
his head, just let's just for time purposes, just his head coaching gigs. Larry Brown, go. Uh, oh, so I've, I've got college right in front of me first. So UCLA seventy nine eighty, UCLA eighty eighty one, Kansas eighty three to eighty eight, SMU twenty twelve to twenty sixteen. I'm looking up his his NBA ones, but he's had what four NBA jobs, Justin? Name uh, the Larry Brown coaching stops in the NBA. Hang on, let's see if we. You tell us how many, and then we'll see if we can. Obviously, Detroit, San Antonio, um, uh, Philly, Philadelphia. Was he with Denver? Yep. He was with Denver? Okay, yeah, I have the full list in front of me now if you just want the list instead. How many are there? All right, he coached in the ABA for four seasons. Uh, oh, my God. Charlotte Bobcats. I forgot that's about right. that. Was he their original he coach? He was there before he went to SMU. No. So, he, yeah, Denver, 76 to Pacers, 79. How did we forget that? He spent, so, he spent three seasons, three seasons with Denver, two seasons with the Nets, uh, four seasons with the Spurs, two with the Clippers. Oh, I don't know. Four with Clippers. Four with, I forgot he was the coach of the Pacers during, ah. during the, uh, the the Pat Riley Knicks era. Uh, he coached Philly. For, Philly was his longest stop in the NBA at six seasons. Detroit was only two seasons, and they won they won a title and went mm-hmm. to the, the uh, Eastern Conference Championship. They went to the finals back-to-back years. Coached the Knicks for that abysmal season, the worst coach ever for the Knicks. Uh, and coached the Bobcats to a nine and nineteen finish. Uh, so the year he got fired. You're glossing over. I just named everything that he coached. Two years with the Nets. Yeah. Four years with the Spurs. Uh, one year with the Clippers. Two years. Ninety one to ninety one, ninety two, ninety two, ninety three. So he must have been an interim. At the end of the ninety one, ninety two season. So a season plus. Four with the Pacers. Pistons was just two years. I didn't remember that. I thought he was there longer with the Pistons. Knicks was one. Bobcats was two years. Okay, I'll ask the question. So four years is the average, basically. Why? What is it about Larry Brown that he's coached fourteen teams? All that <laughs> combined, fourteen between yeah between the ABA, NBA, and NCAA, fourteen teams over um, forty years. Here's the synopsis on Larry Brown. Though he has received criticism for never staying in any place for very long, hailed as one of the greatest teachers, known for turning losers into winners. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, where do we get to the part where he is a liar and a cheater in here? <laughs> you have to add that. <laughs> you have to update the Wikipedia page. Uh, I mean, it just comes down to, like, why? why? If, if people know, like, this is, we just looked this up in three minutes. We looked up his entire coaching mm-hmm. record. He wins most of the time at the places he goes. That's not, I mean, that's a fact. Uh, he at least he gets results. Maybe not wins, maybe five hundred. But so what? So he sort of wins, and that's it. He didn't. Need, they didn't make it to. He didn't make it to the finals in his career until two thousand uh, with the Philadelphia seventy sixers when he was the coach of that team with uh, with Ty Lue, and that was a team that beat the Bucks. Mm-hmm. That was the first time he had been to the finals in his career, and that was thirty plus years into his career as a coach. Here we go. Um. After his run with Kansas, Jayhawks were hit with rules violations, being banned from the 1989 NCAA tournament one year after winning the championship, um, led the Bruins to an NCAA title game, UCLA, but their appearance was vacated after two of his players were ineligible. There was issues again with SMU, and that's the reason why he left. Everywhere this guy goes. It is fascinating that there are so many retreads that are brought up. I that I think college is fascinating in that. I know he had a, a ton of NBA jobs, but college is fascinating in that sense that, uh, like uh, Eric Musselman. That's me. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Eric Musselman? Uh, Eric, the coach of, uh, why am I drawing a blank now? He, he coached, I know he's is in. Is he in Nevada? Uh, Nevada sounds right, yeah, because it'd be Texas. So he's a coach in Nevada. He coached the Warriors. He coached the Kings. He coached in the uh, the old Continental Basketball Association, the CBA. Like he's been a pro coach, and now he has to go back through college, and maybe one day he'll get back in the NBA. But it's like it's a cyclical, it's a weird cyclical well, thing. Or or maybe he'll just find success that he likes in college. You know who's a great example of that? Larry Kay at Utah, Ruskoviak. I mean, he we we know how that went down here with mm. the Bucks. Didn't go down well. Went back to college. Went back to the alma mater, Montana, and then got the Utah gig, Pac-12. They're, he's done a really nice job. Is it just not, a not name so much thing? This year, is it just a name thing? Like with these guys at some point? I mean, because right results, but 
if you're only there for two or three years or if you're getting sanctions, is it just you, the, the money that you're getting at that point, you as in the school or you as in the, the coach themselves? I'm still on Larry Brown here. So <laughs> he's been gone for almost two years. 2016, July is when he left. He's been in the home um, since then. <laughs> he, he resigned in July after four coach. seasons. According to, so he claims he was in negotiations for a contract extension. Sure, sure you were, Larry. For 20 months. That sounds like I'm a, assuming 20 months of negotiations, not a 20 month <laughs> extension. That's a heck of a negotiation. <laughs> 20 months? That's two years uh, of negotiations. I don't want to take two years from you. I'll just take 20. But uh, could not reach a deal. Thus, he felt he had no choice but to resign. He texted that to his players. And he was 75 years. So he's going to be 77 years old. Poll question. Uh, is Larry he Brown. die on the sidelines. Is Larry Brown more technologically savvy than Scott? Well, I, I, I know they're like, even because he's why? texting players. Why? Uh, he demanded a five-year extension. Demanded. A 75-year-old like guy saying, give me five years. I need Look, five more years. Look, he may not have five years no. on the planet five anymore. He was just, uh, that year, too, he was suspended nine games. His team was banned from the tournament. Five more years now. And he wanted five years. And keep in mind, we're talking about him joining as an assistant where? At the Memphis, life where they've already for the vacated average, a few banners. Thank you, John Calipari. Average life expectancy for a male. What is it? 77. It's too long. It's too long. That's 76. Mm. So, I mean, he's already on borrowed time. He's tempting fate, He's like guys. 76 and a half. Hot take. That's too long. All right. Let me just wrap up my little portion of this thing here real quick. UMBC, that upset over Virginia, the most impressive aspect of everything is the amount of money that it, it is said that, um, here we go, their win generated up to the equivalent of $21 million in advertising exposure. That is the ultimate win for UMBC. Oh, for the college. Yeah. For the university. Yeah. I, I, was, yep. I was reading a story. They, uh, they are known for their chess tournament team, I believe. And why the chess I tournament team did not garner that. as much attention all these years, I don't know. I'm just, you know. And I'm before I, I, I yield the floor, um, UW Oshkosh lost in the D3 men's national title game. The WEAC or the WIAC. You went to the, you're a lacrosse guy. You hate them because you went to lacrosse, but tough. Just suck it up for a moment. <laughs> but I'm going to give credit to to your conference, the WIAC. What they do in Division Three is incredible, and the Whitewater football team has taken up a lot of the oxygen in the room over the years. The WIAC in most every sports has a nationally. Ra- I'm talking tennis. I'm talking basketball, football. It is incredible what that conference does nationally. They are in some ways and in some sports as good as a low Division I mid-major, and I know some people would think they ought to go that way over the next couple of years in transition, but um, it's just it, it's remarkable, and uh, we're pretty fortunate that we have that conference here in our state, but as a proud uh, lacrosse alum that you are, Here's a question you do not you. enjoy Oshkosh men's success, Listen, but it, I, t- I tip my cap to your conference because have, it's remarkable. Have you ever met a Titan? There are Titans it, in this it, in this building every day. I I, I walk seven. I believe that's what Justin's getting. That's at. what I'm getting at. So he did. All <laughs> right, moving, moving on. on. <laughs> Have you ever met someone from Oshkosh? And it, I don't mean to pick on them, but it seems like I I I find this in Oshkosh grads the most. Have you ever met someone from Oshkosh that doesn't stump so hard for the Badgers that you would think they graduated from Madison? I don't. I guess I never. Well, no, I would say no. Next time. I will. I've never drawn that correlation. All right, that's all I got. You're up. Well, he's talking to you. You know what? I, I, either I one of you. I'm laughing at the transitions. Like, all right, I I'm done. Get into this. You go ahead. What? I'll am, work on my segues for the next episode. That's all I'm asking for. We're, we're going to do some. Am I wrong? Okay. Yeah, the we'll, answer we'll is yes. Save it. We'll save it. But uh, let's get to these first ones first. Uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis. Oh man, Scott, did you see this? I saw the headline, but I haven't. 126 grams of pot, $96,000 in cash in, on him. And wait, in a briefcase, very on brand. At a hotel. Yeah. In Baltimore, in Baltimore County. Ooh. Celebrating um, the victory. Hanging with Stringer Bell. So he has 
posted a video. I think this was on Twitter or was this uh, on Instagram? It's Twitter, Snapchat, one of the social medias. He's yes. posted a video. I can see it right now. Is it, okay. <laughs> he is maintaining his innocence on a plane hmm. while eating Popeyes. Not a terrible choice. With I believe in the video, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, he has an open briefcase of stacks. Of cash. Of just stacks. Stacks on stacks yeah. on stacks. So what is his argument that he just had cash and there was no drugs? His the, the response, for those of you who haven't heard the video, it is, quote, uh, don't believe all the bleep on the internet. That's, that's his innocence. It is a product of, quote, a whole lot of jump shots, unquote. I don't know what that means, quite honestly. In other news, Odell Beckham came to his defense. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Look, allegedly, 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 allegedly came to his defense, although it's on video, but it's allegedly. What do you think Dave Gettleman's first conversation with Odell Beckham is? Because, mm. dude, you're killing me here. I really don't want to trade you, but I might be forced to. They're not going to trade him. Pressure. So No, it's uh, New York. You can handle that pressure. So there was allegedly pot. Allegedly cocaine. I yeah, I don't think the pot's the issue in this situation. Well, what's the big Allegedly one? the I think woman. Cocaine? I think it's the, the, the powdery substance with, you know, lines. That's bigger table. than the woman one? Uh, Rank them in order uh, the, of Dave Gettleman issues. See, I, the cocaine is number one. It. Now, we only saw a snippet of the video, but I didn't take from that quick three-second video he was urging a woman to have sex with his friend. Mm-hmm. Now, if that did happen, that's ahead context, of the cocaine. Context? Overall, it's not good. It's <laughs> well, not a good look. Good. Uh, I'm still ranking the, the cocaine, I think, number one issue in this situation. Um, so, yeah, Glenn Big Baby Davis. Best denial video ever. But uh, he says, I just I can't stand Big Baby Davis. I love that his nickname is Big Baby because he whines about a lot of yeah, stuff when he was a it's player. Fitting. The other uh, good thing tying into college basketball here, so um, Stephen F. Austin, they covered, right? They did not win, but they covered. I believe that's which, correct. Which, how could you not see that coming? If you have Stephen F. Austin playing on Stone Cold Day. I don't know what that means. 316, come on. My bad, my bad. I'm not watching. So after the game, they, that was the Texas Tech game, right? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Stephen F. Austin and Texas Tech playing in Dallas. Uh, so after the game, their coach, Kyle Keller, did you see his reasoning for why they lost? I have not. Here is his quote. The millennials today. Oh, good. They don't even watch college basketball. A lot, a lot of our guys don't even know what those cats, Texas Tech players, who those cats were because they don't watch the game. They're on their phone and doing that kind of stuff. I hate to say it, but as much as you or I or anyone in here watches the games, they don't. Or the NBA. They might watch the slam dunk contest in February on TNT or whatever, but that's about the extent of it. So nice plug for Turner, who's carrying these games. But Stephen F. Austin lost, in the words of their coach, because their players are millennials. That's the reason he gave for them losing? Yes. I don't understand that at all. Doesn't make any Two sense. Two fellow millennial players. Yeah, wait, so this was an indictment on his players? I'm, apparently, I mean, from, from the generation. what I'm taking from it, of they don't know who those cats are, they don't watch it, they didn't prepare for Texas Tech. Sounds a lot like the coach's uh, fault, in my this opinion. This is a game, too. They yeah. were winning late. So, it sounds a lot like uh, he is mad at himself for Sour not grapes. preparing. Yeah. Grapes you get a scouting Love report. Grapes. You get a scouting report. You get an iPad with every possible game and clips and everything at your fingertips. They don't have to watch all of the Texas Tech season. They don't have to watch the NBA. The coaches prepare the play. The coaches give those players every possible ounce of information, every drop of information on the opponent. They give it to them. And the players, the the, the onus is on them as well to process all that and to be prepared come tip time. It, no, that sounds like a that sounds oh, like a he coach doubled down too. Uh, when the game starts, the game starts, and that's True. what we try to convince our kids. Our kids don't; they got to play against some dudes they knew. Ty knew some guys on their team. What? 
Is that a name, Ty Newsome? One of the guys in their team, yeah. I don't read it and study and learn and try to figure Craig's these kids nephew. out. I have no chance to coach it. I have no chance to coach it because the way I was taught as a child was, hey, you are going to eat what is on your plate. If not, you're going to sit here. I had to sit at the kitchen table one Saturday afternoon because I didn't want to eat green beans or salmon patties. So we salmon have patties. a lot of green beans on our team meals, and I tell that story to our guys. This coach sucks. But you have to adjust. You How better learn to give and take with these kids. Uh, you have to be stubborn enough to impose your will on them and get them to come together as a team and give them a lot of love. Sometimes it's not very much fun. They don't like me very much sometimes. He's 50 years old. This sounds, sounds like, like the worst coach in the he world. He is awful. Why would, no wonder they so were a 14 seed. So he serves his kids green beans because he refused to eat them when he was a kid. In his defense, there's nothing wrong with green beans. That's just a weird thing to do. So his point is the, just simply that millenn- those millennials nowadays, I tell you, as the resident coach. As the, the resident I mean, millennial, I'm okay, very confused. I'm a millennial too. I, I may be I, on the I other end. What is the millennial? I what like is the I think our to... age is like the cutoff of it, but I don't. I don't buy that. And why does it have to be an insult all the time? Just ask. Uh, it's an insult. So, right. what have millennials killed? Like Perkins, places like that. Apparently, avocados. Uh, our friend Chris Kroger uh, from Charlotte College Basketball. Apparently, he, he likes to talk about what millennials kill because he uh, there's art, there's apparently loads of articles on the internet uh, about millennials killing everything. I just don't understand. I mean, I hate to break it to him, but if you got a problem with millennials, college is probably not, not the right yeah. job for you. Maybe you should go, you know, do something else, like sell cars, used car salesman. That's probably great. Those are millennials buying those cars. And my point is, he's going to run into millennials unless he works in an old folks' home, probably. like a telemarketer. Oh, God. Millennials <laughs> don't have landlines. Le- telemarketers call your phone. What do you? Nobody answers it, though. They're still making, taking the effort to make the call, though. I don't think anyone answers landlines hardly anymore either because what's, of caller I mean, what, ID. What's plan B for him? Uber driver? Ugh, no, because then he's got to use his cell phone, and that's how you can communicate with everybody. God, this guy. So how are like the millennials before, on his team good? What is but, he doing coaching college <laughs> right. basketball? If is he even coaching? Clearly, he's thought about this I mean, for a while. Coaching the last four minutes of that game. Hmm. He must have. He was he an assistant for um, whose name I'm forgetting? The guy who took Larry the, Brown. <laughs> You know what they need? They need a 77-year-old head coach. They need You talk Larry about coaches Brown being now. unable to relate. Maybe we should give Larry Brown some credit because he is able to adapt over time. As he's gotten older, he's still been able to strike that chord. You know who else can and always has the best celebrations after his team wins? John Beeline. I like John Beeline a lot. You, you don't? I'm indifferent. I have literally no feelings on him. I, just, I mean, he's been successful everywhere he's gone. Everywhere, yep, yep. And he never, I, his name, never, never. his it name rarely, never. rarely, if ever, comes up when you talk about well, how old some of the he? really. Late 50s? 60? 65. His career record, 243 is and 142. Is coaching? No, it's got to be more than that. That must just yeah, be Michigan. He was at West Virginia Michigan. before he was that. West Virginia for a while. Is this kid coach, too? I'm not sure. You're I right. don't know. His overall. Laval came from his system, right? Yeah, Laval well, Michigan, Jordan yeah. was, well, right. He coached with them for six years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you have Beeline's overall record there? Uh, he is 538 and 317. Do you want to, uh, so by each school. Uh, Where was he before West Virginia? Richmond. He was 153 with Richmond. He was at uh, Canisius. Is that how you pronounce it? Canisius. Canisius? Yep. He was 89 and 62 in uh, five seasons there. Made the he, tournament uh, twice, it looks like, with, with Canisius. Oof. Must have been a bad conference. <laughs> and went and took Michigan to the national title game, lost to Louisville. Uh, yeah, oh, they won that lost game. Lost to Louisville. I, uh, excuse They're me. They, the national they, they lost. Oh, yeah. What am I? <laughs> I uh, mm. Wow. All right. We'll fix that in post-production. They swapped out all the banners from the Fab Five for that banner. Even though they still didn't win. Just saying. Uh, did you see? Just uh, saying they lost. Did they take the banner? Montrez Harrell dunked on them. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Did they take that banner and move it over to the? Did they take it down from the KFC Yum Center and just ship it over there, to the? I remember. Ann Arbor? I remember the day that this all happened. Uh, somebody who who writes about Louisville basketball 
uh, tweeted that they security oh. told them they couldn't go in the stadium to take pictures as they were taking it Do down. You, uh, you know the uh, he doesn't. You know the apparel company homage. Yeah, yeah. Do you? No. You guessed correctly. <laughs> they make a lot of cool T-shirts. Um, I'm guessing a lot of people. They don't. had a shirt that sold out like instantly a couple months ago because they do a lot of collegiate shirts. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of wrestling shirts and some like NBA shirts. Um, but it's only select colleges like Louisville. West Virginia, Kentucky, a lot of that area. And they put out a shirt for Louisville, whatever time, national champions, and listed all the years and had that year on there. And this was like a week after that sanctions came down and they had to take that down. Sold out in like an hour. I tried to get one. (laughs) Wow. Did you see the Memphis Grizzlies finally won? Who'd they beat? What, what's so funny? I'm just now looking at the T-shirt. Oh, yeah. You see it? Well, they have, like, size small left. Uh, there are zero sizes left now. Oh, it's gone. It, it's, yeah. It was on sale, too. That's a, it's too bad. They're always on sale. If they want to sponsor us, I shot uh, there quite a bit. Uh, the Grizzlies finally won. 19-game skid comes to an end. Do you believe it? That's too Beat bad. Beat the Denver Nuggets. So here's the deal. Mm. If I spotted you Pau if I spotted you Mark Gasol. Yeah, thicker Pau Gasol. Could you name another player on the Grizzlies? My, and keep in mind, uh, Mike Conley doesn't count because he's not playing. Kid from Oregon. Uh, what's you his need name? his name. I know. Luke Ridnauer. <laughs> no, uh, the, kid, the kid from Oregon, I, I can't think of his name, but he didn't. Luke Coach, Ridnauer. Coach K yelled at him for some reason in a line last year or two years ago. When they oh, lost them. yes. No. God, Coach K. Yeah, he definitely plays. Hey. He, he starts. What, what's his name? I'm gonna need his name. I, I couldn't tell you his name. Be privileged. So to you guys, I cannot play. name a single Memphis. Zach Randolph. No. 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 Uh, no. Chandler Parsons, technically. Uh, come on. I need guys that play. Chandler Parsons plays now. Chandler Parsons. He's in the rotation. Does not play. He is in the rotation. He was last time I checked. You must have checked weeks ago. All right. I'm looking up the roster, so I'm out of this. They're 19 and 50. That's Oh, they are the worst team in the league. Dylan Brooks, that's his name. Dylan Brooks okay. is the guy you're thinking of. I uh, would have also accepted Jarrell Martin. I should have known that since uh, he... Tyreek Evans. Mario Chalmers. Briante Weber. Jamichael Green. Pass. Deontay Davis. One of the Harrison twins. Which one is it? Uh, you only get two guesses. Andrew. Andrew. Andrew Harrison. Andrew Harrison. They're Wayne bad. Selden. They are bad. Ben McLemore. Ben McAdoo. <laughs> this is what tanking looks I'd like. I'd love to see Ben McAdoo coach the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh. That's what their warm-ups say. This is what tanking looks like. <laughs> it looks great when they're going through the layup line. Same with the Cavs. Or same with the uh, the Mavs. Mavs and Bulls. They've all got all the right, same. Speaking of the Cavs, what's wrong with Ty Lue? What, what do you mean? What, just in general? Or well, like his face? He just in this looks instance, weird. What is this mystery illness? <laughs> what? I oh, missed out on this. Yeah. He didn't come out for the Bulls game. Oh, it's, I mean, uh, I, that doesn't really No, matter. he did the pregame stuff. He did yeah, the media I, I gaggle, all that the, stuff. Hey, you guys aren't going to try. I'm not either. I just, Le- LeBron J- sick. LeBron James says Tyron Lue's illness is impacting the team. Yeah, remained in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Third game he's missed this year with illness. He is expected back Monday for the Bucks. I mean, if you want a hot take or a... Conspiracy theory: This could be Come something on, bad. Do I don't. I don't want to. Come I got, on, let's go. I got against Ty Lue. Come, I don't want to throw his name under the bus. Join me on the I don't want to say that it, this Come could on. be related Reckless to alcohol. Speculation. Let's I don't go. want to say it could be related to drugs or alcohol. I'm just saying. I don't want to say it is, but you never know with something like this. Kidney stones. That three times. Yikes. Well, you deal with it. You it deal with up. it. It's ongoing. Ooh. Ouch. Well, I, for his sake, I hope it's the drugs and alcohol, not kidney stones. You know, uh, speaking of the parts of the cab season this year have. Felt like have felt like you're passing a stone. Well, speaking of curling talk, what? Speaking of passing something, did did you see this John Skipper story? Yes. Oh, oh. How does that happen? That's a great story. That's a movie waiting to happen. Thirty for thirty about John Skipper. Who hasn't been extorted by their drug dealer? Uh, right. You know, we've all me? had our moments. Okay, just me. All right. All right. Yeah, so uh, he was apparently he resigned from ESPN because he was being extorted uh, by the dude he was buying coke from. Right. right. And, 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 and just threats, it. and it had reached a point yeah. where a threat was made against him, his family, his job, and whatnot. I, I, again, I know it's drugs, but I think you would want to go 
public with that like a little sooner. If you're John Skipper mm. and you have a lot of power, you could probably help yourself out there. Well, but you don't Columbia know necktie. You don't oh, know how yes. deep he is in it. Uh, you say help yourself out. What do you do? You're, you 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 blow the whistle. You hold a press conference. I don't know. I feel like next you, got you know power you end to... up in the East River the next day. Yeah, I guess I just haven't dealt so, with this enough in my uh, life. Yes, please. Could you get he's, more get more so, cultured? He, he's only said that they extorted him and threatened to come forward of right. like this guy buys drugs from us. So he's into them for money. Oh sure. He's in deep. Deep, deep, deep. So when it comes to, sorry, but I was ahead. just gonna say when it comes to shocking um resignations, disappearances. Reasons for leaving your job that make people go, hmm, this is... Probably number one. This has got to be way up there, right up there. Top three at least. Well, I think we all assumed when he resigned, like, this is another Jamie Horowitz thing. Well, because the timing of of it, I think, was the reason that people... Well, it was out of nowhere. He addressed the employees, like, three days earlier. There was no sign that this guy's stepping down. That It's not fair to him, but I think at the time... When someone like John Skipper abruptly resigns, and with everything else that's been going right, on the, the, the timing last of it, 12 to 18 months, your immediate thought was, oh, I bet there's a sexual harassment thing here. Like at Nike. You see that the president of mm-hmm. Nike was. Yeah. Although they're, they're being very vague, but they're referring to a culture and other kind of general terms that a culture that we did not like, that we did not appreciate. Kind of what Mark Cuban is dealing with. Have you been following the, the Mark Cuban situation down in Dallas? in Dallas? Yeah. Initially, Mark Cuban was coming across looking like kind of a, I have no idea what's going on, but I am outraged and I'm going to clean this up. But as days and weeks now go by, <laughs> you start realizing that hmm, complaints maybe Mr. Mark Cuban, Cuban yeah. knew a little bit more, well, was doing a little look, bit more than he admitted. I forget who made the case, but uh, Mark Cuban is Mark, Cuban's a frat boy that came into money. Essentially. Yeah. We forget Mark Cuban had Dennis Rodman living with him when Dennis Rodman played for the Mavericks. Yes, it was Cuban, Rodman, and Kim Jong-un. <laughs> the league, I think, had to step in and say, he he can't live with you. It'd be a great show. He to has comedy. to. Your player can't live with you. He has to find. Who why? I, I, this is true. David Stern uh, came well, in. Well, does that surprise can't you? can't be living with you. Uh, <laughs> It's a terrible David like, Stern. It's like no, terrible. That, wasn't, luck. that was my luck. fatherly voice. You're, I mean, the impressions in this table luck. here, not great. Just saying. Does it sound good in your head? I wasn't trying to. It was no, just no, like no, a fatherly, like, Mark, <laughs> Dennis has got to go. But, I mean, the Mark Cuban thing. <laughs> Should we be surprised? I'm not surprised about any of this anymore. But the other nobody thing is, nobody should be surprised. I think when you got I Bill Cosby doing what he did, there is, nobody should be surprised. There is no way, and there have been several guys in that same position that have granted interviews and spoke about this and said, "Look, I'm president of the team. If I'm doing this type of thing, there's no way my boss doesn't know." Right. There is no way Mark Cuban had no idea, and even more so, the fact that this guy goes to Under Armour. And gets canned for the same thing in two months, and he was with the Mavs that long. Hmm. There is a zero percent chance Mark Cuban was unaware. Of this. I, I out of the whole story, I think the thing that bugged me the most that it was like the biggest red flag. Everything is a red flag, but that he he thought in his mind, Mark Cuban thought and said this about the beat reporter that he thought keeping him on staff and being able to oh, quote unquote control, control him, him. Uh, was better than giving him uh, an opportunity to get a job somewhere else, which is an amazing thought process of just trying to give yourself any sort of reason to keep somebody around. And I do not understand that at all. It's just, you're just deflecting and you're afraid to deflect an issue. The cubes. So the interesting thing too, is when Dan, when Daniel, when Donald Sterling lost his franchise, Mm -hmm. the one guy who was the most outspoken and said, and, I mean, it, it could be bad optics. I kind of agreed with him at the time that said, uh, we should, this is uncharted territory. This is opening Pandora's box. We should not do this, mm-hmm. was Mark Cuban. What are the chances that the same thing is going to happen to Mark Cuban now? That the league is going to say, we can't have you around. You have to sell this thing you own. I get the feeling that they, the league might be waiting for more well, evidence. Yes. 
I, I think if if more comes because the Sterling thing, there was decades and decades and decades of stuff that everyone just ignored. And with Cuban, so far potentially, I just say until we see it. Though, plus, what was the what is the difference between what happened in L.A. with him and and Cuban in Dallas? There There's was audio of it. Boom. That's that's that's, that's why that's why I say that what is I, say. All I, if, I hate if, if that. There's logic, a tape. But, if there's a tape, video, or audio, or whatever, the game, that makes all the difference in the world. You see it all the time. This just happened with a, an Astros prospect, right? Uh, did you see there, there was a uh, 2016. Jeff Je- Bagwell? No. No, not Jeff Bagwell. But uh, it, there's video. Ken Caminiti? <laughs> video from, uh, I believe, 2016, an Astros prospect. Uh, he is, he didn't, his girlfriend, and I think his now wife, did not press charges. He was caught on video at an Astros facility. Mm. Uh, beating his girlfriend, oh. Craig Biggio Jr. It was <laughs> wow. See now, now you've just associated you, Biggio you, Jr. with a heinous act like this. Who's next? Lance Berkman, noted jerk. They are known as the killer bees. Who, who is the Bell guy? Derek. Derek Bell, because then he went to Pittsburgh, didn't he? Derek. Operation Bell. Shutdown. He came from Bell. Pittsburgh too. Uh, that was Operation Shutdown, wasn't he? Hmm. What do you mean? He had the where he would just stop playing. He called it. Operation Shutdown. Derek Bell. Why did he just stop playing? Are they tanking? Jose Hernandez. Mm. Remember Jose? Okay, now we're really getting off track. But oh, here we go. Der- Derek Bell. Derek Bell. I, I feel like I have not heard this name ever. Did he play in like the 90s or 80s? Um, 90s and the early aughts? Mm. Yeah. Nope. Never heard of him. It was Bell. It was Berkman, Biggio. Bagwell and then Bell. It was um, when he was batting. He was batting below two hundred, and the Pirates mentioned maybe your job. Maybe this is going to be an open competition. And he said, "If that's the case, I'm going into Operation Shutdown." <laughs> okay, Derek Bell, good guy by all accounts. Well, one of the all-time real good guys. <laughs> One of the best. There's, there's a video I, I do Google his name. Like the third thing is that uh, Derek Bell dancing in dugout. So hey, entertaining guy. Uh, I do have something off, uh, kind of off base that uh, happened in my life this week that I'd like to talk to you guys about. It's a little serious. If we've got oh, nothing else to talk really? about, it's a little serious. Garcia's got the floor. Justin, do you yeah, go ahead? All right, all right. Oh, this is it. Is this a, a personal matter? It is a personal matter, and it oh. affected me greatly. Hang on, let me start paying attention to what we're so doing. Um, uh, it is about Oreos. Oh, um, oh. It's a, it's a, it hurt my feelings. Uh, how do you guys feel about the, the Oreo, the, sa- the sandwich cookie? Hate of course you do. All. You don't like anything. I bought a package of double stuff just a couple weeks ago. Okay. All right. Do you know Uh-oh. they sell Oreo subscriptions now? I do on Amazon. It and it's like the 40, biggest sham in the world. It's like 43 bucks a month. It's 60 bucks for three months. Okay. Yeah. And I work with a guy that subscribes to it. You get like. You can name Scott. It's okay. Two packages of Oreos. <laughs> And then like an Oreo gift. So Oreos cost what? Like two fifty a package? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The gift is like a pair of socks. Sometimes and then they socks. send you recipe cards on what other people are making. So you're paying 20 bucks plus tax plus shipping each month for this for like $12 worth are of there any opti- are, are there any numbers on how, how many people they've sold that to? I wish I could pull that. Uh, that, um, that is something that I, I considered until I saw the price. Because they, I love Oreos. they offer it, you can do, I think, quarterly, you can do half a year, or you can do a full year. The full year is like 250 bucks. Sounds it like has, a great deal. I don't know. Out of five stars, it has a three and a half star rating. It's not terrible. That is pretty bad. It's not great. You fact you you have to assume everybody either votes one star or five stars. Have you ever voted anything else? I I'm, I I usually do. Yeah, you have rated stuff like three stars. Oh, I'll give it three. I'll give it. Yeah, four. like like it was fine. No. It wasn't. It it's wasn't always t- five uh, or one. So I never rate anything a five. You can always do better. Okay, in life, but before in before I get back to my story, what what in your life have you rated a five, or what would you consider rating a five? I I, I what's don't. got like a four point five? I don't in the Scott uh, scale. Nothing's. I'm, I'm not giving anything a five. Man, I'll tell you, I, I just took my car in for some random maintenance the other sure, day, and sure, you're got not going to pay a lot, but you got a lot. Got the survey back. I didn't give anything a five. You did the survey. Okay, well, did I they, did the survey. Did they do a good job? Yes. They did the job they were supposed I, see, to do. I get those surveys all the time, and my first thought is just, what's in it for me? Well, 
That's fair. Honestly. That's fair. All right. That's what we know about you. You so, did your job. Thanks. Yes. What am I getting out okay, of you? Okay, so, always do it a little better. What did I pay you for then? Okay, fine. Then why do these surveys exist? Why are they? Why didn't they not just say, did we do our job? Check yes, check no. What's the What's the point? You could say you got a five-star rating. But if, what if, so, okay. What, what stands out more? Five-star rating or 30% of customers approved? Wait, I mean, it, 30% stands out more just for a worse reason. Well, 70% of customers approved. 80% of customers approved. Just or saying. five-star rating. Uh, about your Oreos. I just want to know if I'm strange for this. I put my Oreos in the freezer. Yeah, I mean, and I eat them. Look, you can't make an Oreo any worse, but that I don't get. Sounds, them. Why don't you like Oreos? I don't understand this. I just don't get it. And I've like, never loved like, like now, before. especially. Oh, we're gonna do different flavored Oreos. They have some good different flavored ones. Get out of here. Do you, Do you have any of the uh, odd flavors that you like with Oreos? The lemon no, one I, is good. No. It's 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 the uh, the regular. It's not a chocolate cookie. It's the vanilla. You know one. what? I take it back. There's two that I don't mind. Mint. Oh, mint and peanut good. butter. Try the mint one frozen. Peanut butter's good. I'm just I'm curious. My friends yelled at me yesterday. Uh, they just scolded me basically and thought I was a crazy person for having Oreos in the freezer. I would I just, question your friendship to them. I do every day. I just you know no one, <laughs> no one lives closer. So yeah, it's kind of what it comes down to. By, def- Who, by default, by it's like I've known them forever. They live close to me. It's whatever. It's too much well, work. Just because you know somebody forever doesn't mean you have to be their friend. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work know. to make new friends. It it's, took like two years for Justin to say hi to me here. I think. Not, well, I mean, well, be it, careful it, what you wish it, for. It took some time for me to trust you. <laughs> still, still waiting on it. <laughs> what was the the first Oreo? Uh, not Oreos, but the first cookie like that, the originator that everyone says is better, came along before Oreos. I am not aware of such existence. Um, a grandma something, right? Uh, I, uh, grandma something or other cookies. Grandma bench. No, that's my bench. You're just talking about the, they're just called. There is a brand that's called Grandmas. Maybe cookies. it is Grandmas. I think it was Grandmas. And they have uh, they have sandwich creams. Yes, I think that was the original. That might be it. Uh, but those are vanilla with vanilla, right? Which I mean, I if I now I'm trying to think. I think I remember these. And Hydrox, uh, Hydrox, Hydrox, Hydrox. Uh, debuted in 1908. Mm, I wasn't alive. Sorry. The similar Oreo cookie was induced, introduced in 1912. Why? Inspired did, by the Hydrox. But how come Hydrox could not Why keep did the momentum Hydrox going? go away? Why were they overtaken by the powerful Oreo? Oh, this is from a year ago. The sad history of Hydrox cookies, which were probably doomed because they were called Hydrox. <laughs> Which I mean, wow, it I didn't sounds think about like that just now. Yeah, it sounds like it's a cleaning solution. Uh, you got any Hydrox around here? You can't <laughs> eat that, man. Isn't the the villain from uh, Captain America? Isn't that something with Hydrox? Uh, or the Hydro? I, I already watch, lost. I don't me. watch I don't cartoons. Watch, yeah. You watch wrestling? How can you yell at me for? They're not cartoons, by the way. It's yeah, the, it's, it's the Marvel. Uh, even worse. Okay, I don't, I don't watch, watch, watch comic. Listen, books. I live in the real world. I don't. You need watch to, wrestling? <laughs> so what? Those injuries are fake. Some of them probably. That's real blood. That's real pain too. What are you gonna do? Comic books when Hulkamania runs wild. I don't, I don't you. read comic books. I don't disrespect people that uh, do. Like I mean, you, you jerks. Do. But if you're watching comic book movies, are you're a half a step away from they're, reading comic books. Look, just because I like to read doesn't mean anything bad about me. I, reading, reading comic is overrated. Books is not whoa, sorry. whoa! Just kidding. Kids, read. Pick up a book. Reading is overrated. You sometimes. know when reading went downhill though is when you no longer got those Ugh. free personal pan pizzas for doing it. You remember that Pizza Hut Kids Club? Or oh whatever? yes, book you br- bring, it, in, book it. bring in your report book card it. if you had whatever you have. Like no, a, you just said to read books. I thought I thought there was something where if you brought in your report book card, it. book that's it. what it was called. Pizza Hut. If you're listening, hmm. uh, you're not the best, but we'll take your sponsorship. Don't say that. That's not how you get them. I said, but we'll take your sponsorship. You're not the best, but, but we'll welcome your sponsorship. I you're said not but. the best, but, but I've done worse. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's just how it works. It's still around. Interesting. I thought Pizza Hut just like didn't exist that much anymore. We'll wrap things up on this. I said I wanted to do. Yes. Uh, am I wrong? You are wrong. But I don't go know ahead. if you guys have any. Yours is am I wrong? But are Oreos good? Um, 
Wow. So here, here's the thing, and I, this is an awkward hill to die on. I understand that, but <laughs> the whole Tony Bennett thing and all this outpouring of "Oh my God, Tony Bennett, such a class act. Everybody needs to watch this. He's so great." Oh, what a tremendous guy, the way he handled the loss. Was it very classy? Sure. He was very honest and to the point. What the hell is Tony Bennett supposed to say? We got screwed by the refs. Our kid, he's supposed to go on there and blame his kids? Like, this is an indictment of how great Tony Bennett is because he came out and said, we lost? There are a lot of I, – I, you are not – I don't think you're wrong on this. I think is the greater point that why do we care that much about what he's saying after the game anyways? Or is it just that what is he supposed to say? I'm interested. I'd much rather hear what the losing coach has to say than the winning coach after these games. But how? what percent of you is expecting them to say, like, oh, these were terrible refs? I think Tony Bennett's post-game interview would have been more interesting if they lost on a buzzer beater. Oh, sure. When you lose by that much and you're destroyed throughout the game, Mm -hmm. what's he supposed to say? And, like, yeah, Tony Bennett, by all accounts, is a great guy. But this doesn't, oh, I, I want my kid to play for him just because he answered that and said, yeah, we got whooped. I, I Come just, on. I don't care about post-game comments I actually that much. like, now, did you, did you watch a good chunk of what he said? Because he's getting a lot of play for the we got our butts whooped yes. and getting praise for that. I liked what he said at another portion of that post-gamer where he says, look, I played at a mid-major. I played at a, he said, I'm paraphrasing, I played at a hyphenated school. He said, I played yeah. at Wisconsin Green Bay. There is talent at the mid-major level, so this does not surprise me. He gave some credence to what UMBC did. Yeah. That I actually kind of liked. It was a little bit, because he does have that perspective that other coaches don't have, right. and I'll bet he had a heck of a time proving that or trying to convince his players of that. But that's also kind of old takes exposed at this point, that it's 2018 and we're Convincing people there's talent at the mid-major yes, level. Yes, you ha- you have to. Con- yes, you do. You have to convince that. I- I- I'm willing to bet that Tony Bennett has had had at as tough a time convincing his players to get up for that game as maybe any coach had all season long in any game they played, tournament or otherwise. How do you convince 18 year olds to 22 year olds, but especially those young kids, guys? This team here, this UMBC. None of you may even know what the letters stand for, where they're located, what conference they're from, but they could beat us. How do you possibly how I do you possibly prepare your team motivationally for I don't a game think like that, that has so much to do with UMBC specifically, as much as it's we're the one seed, they're sixteen, we're supposed to win. Right. This. If it was them playing Boston College as a one sixteen, it would have been the same thing. All right, our team has to get up for this game. Ah, interesting concept. I don't know if that's true based on name recognition, name. like we talked about earlier. I think I I think the concept is similar. I don't know if yeah. the I don't I don't know if it's exactly the same. They're playing Pittsburgh. Still, Tony still Bennett playing. has to convince his okay. team to be up for that game. Did you it's know easy. UMBC existed before this tournament? Yes. I I didn't. You didn't oh didn't know God. it existed. I didn't actually watched the their tournament championship game so against Vermont. Vermont and Lyles. Hit the game-winning three with less than a second to go to beat Vermont in their gym. So I would say more casual fans did not know who the hell they were. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I, but, but but that more casual I, I am, fans. I am not I a big college basketball fan. I I did not hear of them until well, I, casual fans can't name who the top who the four one seeds are. That's my point. They can, but they see. They may not know the seed, but they can see the name, and they say, "Ah, oh, maybe it's Kansas or Kentucky." It or Duke. is hard for coaches to motivate. Or get your kids up for some of these seemingly "quote unquote" easy games against teams you don't know. I, to answer your question, I, I think it would have been easier had they been playing a more name school, even if that name was a 16 seed. Penn, but people know Penn or any Ivy League team, Princeton, Harvard. I, at least you know that name. Um, it's it just uh, so I. I to Tony Bennett's post-game press conference. Yeah, I think he's getting more play than he needs to for the butt-whooping thing. But so some of his wrong. other comments were interesting. I just assume you're wrong most of the time, so yeah. If they win again, we're recording this on a Sunday. If they win again today, is this the best opening weekend of the tournament ever? Keep in mind, a 16 seed has never beaten a 9 seed. 
That's also true. <laughs> They've also never beaten an eight seed. Yeah. Um, I I I wouldn't be able to judge it off the top of my head, which I don't. That says a lot more about me than the tournament. But I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you another year that like I remember the of the uh, Florida Gulf Coast year when they beat Georgetown, and I can't remember the second team they beat. But like I remember no that. What's that? No one does. That's what I'm saying. So I like I remember that, but I don't remember right. any other big upsets necessarily. So I, this has been a very entertaining weekend. Well, you remember VCU? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do remember first VCU. four to final four. I remember uh, George Mason. George Mason. I remember that run. Yep. I remember uh, Wichita State's first when they went to the final four, but, but like, when they first kind of thrust right, themselves but on like, the national but like stage. Weekends. Of, like I, I don't remember. I remember runs of right. underdog schools, but yeah, was Northern Iowa a fourteen? Ah, uh, yeah, uh, when they beat uh, was, Kansas. They a, was that a 13-4? Because they went to the Sweet Six. They won They They won games. the first weekend, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ali oh, Farouk-Manesh. Was that both? I know one of them was a buzzer beater. Were both buzzer beaters? Uh, was Kansas a buzzer beater? Was that Farouk-Manesh? Can- Kansas might have been the buzzer beater, yeah. But that was that was four or five years ago now, probably. If not longer. I'm surprised he's still there. The Ali Farouk-Manesh? What's he, <laughs> nine years of eligibility now? <laughs> Is he uh, Frank Mason? <laughs> Who's the other guy at uh, Kansas? There's another guy at Kansas that was there for like 10 years. There's a, the eligibility rule Danny there. Manning. Uh, no, he is not still there, I don't think. He's still alive, right? Greg Ostertag. You have anything else? How do we wrap this up? I guess, well, you know what I want to talk about next time? Retiring jerseys. Yes. Oh, oh that's a good one. That's a good one. We get uh, the Denver Nuggets to talk about Dikembe Mutombo retiring his jersey. Uh, there's been far more egregious. Well, Look at what the Grizzlies are doing. This you year. need to be more clear with this. Is it <laughs> retiring, retiring jerseys, jerseys versus retiring numbers? Right. There is a distinction, and I did not know there was one, or well, I wasn't as is. conscious about one until. And one is an absolute joke. I'm interested. To Our learn. friends at UW Madison started. Oh, this year. I'm interested to learn about this. Retiring jerseys, retiring numbers, all of that. And is the 16th still alive? We'll get into that next time. I think we'll have to talk to Jeff Falconio also about his takes on retiring life. stuff. It yeah, is. just life. Honestly, I don't and, care about what he has to say about sports. It is that time where we're eating up for horse racing. Ah. Cool. Down on that. Yep, all seven people will be interested Sweet. to hear that. Sweet.